0: welcome this morning our members and our guests and friends in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and it's important that uh, my brothers and I welcome you in the name of this Jesus Christ because it is he who we worship and I pray and I trust that you have come here this day in preparation, and uh, that preparation to worship, that we might even be found, as John speaks of, those true worshipers, and that we might worship this day in spirit and in truth. I trust you have been remembering our brother Joe this day. You see, it's a tradition here at the Buckner Restoration Branch, that the outgoing pastor brings that last sermon or that spoken word uh, at the end of his term in the month of August, that last Sunday. And so it is, Joel will bring uh, that last uh, sermon this, this day um, of this term. He's had several terms as pastor and on the pastorate but uh, for this, this go-around. And, brothers and sisters, uh, I would like to call our attention to the words of David the Psalmist in the 148th Psalm as our call to worship. And I will be reading from uh, verses 13 and 14. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord. And brothers and sisters, as we continue in our service, let's uh, sing our praises to our Lord above by singing hymn 22, hymn 22.
1: Heavenly Father, it is good to be in thy house this day. We pray, our Heavenly Father, that thou would accept our praise unto thee. We are mindful of our brother who is to administer the word, even the spoken word, our Heavenly Father, this day that thy people might receive of it. And we pray that we may Understand and know the things that Thou dost have in store for us as a people. We pray for our brother that he may be endowed with the power of the Holy Spirit, even under the auspices of the Holy Ghost, that he may have utterance and that Thy people may understand and know Thy will towards them. Bless us in our endeavors to please Thee, our Heavenly Father. But above all these things, forgive us of our sins. We invite thee now to be with us here. In Jesus Christ's most holy name we pray. Amen.
0: We'll be reading from 2nd Corinthians 9 7 every man according as he purposeth in his heart so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver will you bow with me dear heavenly father please bless this money that is given and offertory please be with everyone here that they may be willing to give they may have your blessings. That's that. Everyone here may not give because of necessity, but because of their heart. And I ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
2: I'd invite you to turn to the book of Matthew, the 11th chapter. I'm going to read at the end of that chapter, beginning of verse 27. And at that time, there came a voice out of heaven, and Jesus answered and said, I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because... Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemeth good in Thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son." And they to whom the Son will reveal Himself, they shall see the Father also. Then spake Jesus, saying, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you, and learn of Me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. i okay. sitting here thinking how appropriate that you're bringing the ministry of music because, like myself, you too, this is your last Sunday as our music directors. And I made that connection as I sat here this morning. I think it's a good tradition. The outgoing pastor gets to preach the last sermon. And then Tony failed to mention, the incoming pastor gets to preach the first sermon of the new term, first full sermon. So I look forward to... His ministry in September. What a joy, saints, it is to be here in the house of the Lord and to come together in an attitude of worship. He is worthy, isn't He? Our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's worthy of our adoration and our praise. He's worthy of the song that we just heard sung. I'm humbled when I think about what He's done for me in my life. And I know He's touched your lives as well. And as I look through the Scriptures and I, I read the testimonies of Him, I can't help but uh, shout with acclamation, of His goodness and His compassion for all the children of men. And how He calls each and every one of us that we might be with Him. He doesn't want to lose a one. He's mindful of each and every soul. In December, no, it was in November, of the year 1873, two missionaries boarded a wooden vessel in the bay of San Francisco and they were off on their mission to Australia. Long way away in a wooden ship. And the captain raised the sails and they started their journey and the weather was good. And they made about 160 miles a day. And I don't know how many miles it is from San Francisco to Australia crossing the uh, Pacific Ocean many thousands of miles. And they had a long journey ahead of them. And they watched that uh, northern star, they said. And they looked for the southern cross to appear because as you cross that equator, you lose sight of the... Northern Star and the Southern Cross, those four stars that make that up appear, and right when they crossed the equator, they sprung a leak in that wooden vessel, and the captain had to lower the sail because going too quickly pushed water into the bow of the ship and so the captain went down and inspected what was going on, and he took what they called Oakum, which was just uh, uh, the, the phrase of rope soaked with pine tar. and He stuffed that into the leak that had been a separation in the boards and he stuffed that oakum in there and then he covered it and nailed a board in its place to hold them. And he said, we can't make Australia. And here they were in the middle of the uh, Pacific Ocean. The closest port was Tahiti. And that still was a thousand miles away. But they uh, changed their course, and they set course for the Tahitian Islands. And those uh, they arrived safely there, and they were going to be put up for a couple of weeks while the boat was being uh, repaired. And those two missionaries got off of that ship and went and introduced themselves to the Queen and uh, began to explore about that island of Tahiti. They'd not planned on being there, and they'd never been there before, And they were walking on the road, the Queen's Road, outside of the town, and uh, a couple of the natives came up and and were speaking to them, not in English, but in the Tahitian tongue. They knew no English. And the missionaries did their best to explain to them that they were missionaries of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they'd been sent there on commission of the reorganized church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And those Tahitians began to say the words, Parato, Parato. And missionaries had no idea what that meant. And these uh, islanders were grabbing their arms and pulling them. And it kind of frightened, honestly, the missionaries. And the day was far spent. And so they departed and made their way back into town and began to inquire, about what that might have meant, and they were told that there was a uh, a settlement of quote unquote Mormons about five miles outside of town. They lived in a little town uh, called Tiona, and so the missionaries uh, they uh, were concerned because it was time for their boat to have uh, to to heave anchor and to set sail again and they didn't know if they'd have time to go and visit and they found out that uh, the boat was yet going to be delayed another 6 days or so and and so they decided that next morning to uh, go out and visit this little town of of Tiona and they did and they found there a a settlement of latter-day saints that uh, they shared with them of the events that had happened of how Joseph Jr. had been martyred and young Joseph had taken his place and the church had been reorganized. And these Tahitians gladly accepted. And they held services the remainder of that day, which was Saturday, and then on the Sabbath day, the next day, they had services all that day long. And these missionaries came to realize that the word parato that they were introduced to, that those natives had mentioned to them, uh, that was the Tahitian word for pratt. You see, Addison Pratt was a missionary to the Tahitian Islands years before, before Joseph was martyred. And he had converted... Many in those islands. There were some 2,000 members of the church amongst the scattering of the Tahitian islands. And it uh, came to pass that the governments of the land had asked Pratt and all of the missionaries, no matter what denomination to depart from the islands to leave, and that had occurred some 20 years before uh, these young missionaries had arrived. And the uh, the missionaries spent some time with these people. There were more than 50 that were baptized, and they rejoiced in their time together. When uh, Pratt was asked to leave the island, The law came down from the queen that there would be no church services. The islanders, her subjects were not to pray or to sing. They were locked down, if you will. And I'm sure it was a sad day when Brother Pratt left the island and left those many that he'd converted uh, to be alone and of themselves and this was the condition that uh, Glaude Roger and Charles Wesley Wondell found these islanders, this condition that they were in. They'd been 21 years without a missionary amongst them. And yet there were only um, a handful that knew Pratt because all of the converts there had been converted by the islanders over the course of those 20 years that had followed his departure. The uh, reunion was a lovely one. They spent wonderful six days together in worship. And then on Christmas Day of that year of 1873, those missionaries got aboard their ship and they heaved anchor and set sail for Australia, which is the port that they were planning to attend. Isn't it interesting how the Lord is mindful of those, those in this case, those islanders that were left to themselves and yet He brought a couple of missionaries to give them a little bit of strength. I feel a little bit saints like the Tahitian islanders sometimes, and I wonder Are we in and of ourselves here at the Buckner Restoration Branch just an island to ourselves? Where's the strength of the Lord? And He comes when we need it the most. If nothing else, that's been my experience as I have observed in the office of pastor. I've seen how the Lord has worked in your lives I've seen how it is that when we have been lacking, He has provided. And I remember this experience when I've been pastor before, and as I've stood before you at this sacred desk, and I gave unto you a status of the union of our congregation. What's the state of our congregation And while we aren't growing in leaps and bounds, the Lord has sustained us. Tears have been offered because of the loved ones that have passed on that we had enjoyed the opportunity to worship with in the past. And I'll tell you, over the course of the last two years, there have been six in our midst that have gone on to the other side. A few unexpectedly and some rejoicingly. They were happy to go and ready. There have been six that have been baptized or new members here at the branch. That's been my experience in the past two times that I've been pastor. Exactly the same number that have left us have joined us. I think the Lord has sustained us for a purpose, and for a reason. And I look for that day yet before us when these pews are filled and we no longer are simply being sustained, but that we are bringing in those that uh, have not heard the Gospel before and they sit in our midst and they enjoy together with us the presence of the Spirit as it rests upon us and nurtures. In the book of John, the 14th chapter, this was the promise that the Lord gave. He said, If you love Me, keep My commandments. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not neither knoweth Him. But ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. This is the promise that the Lord has made to each and every one of us. Did you see how the Lord started that verse or those verses? He says, If you love Me, keep My commandments. And then all of these promises will fall into place that He has offered. He's promised to send that Comforter to be with us. That Spirit that guides and directs. That Spirit that inspires. That Spirit that humbles us and reminds us of our responsibilities. I pray that as Latter-day Saints, we may be faithful in many ways like those Tahitian islanders were faithful. And they kept their little community intact and they grew it because of the witness of their testimony. By the way, their town, which was called Tiona, is Tahitian for Zion. Did you know that? I didn't. That was You learn something new every day. And I thought how appropriate that was, that they lived in the city of Zion, there in their home island. I'm reminded of the experience of Daniel in the sixth chapter. You're all familiar with this experience. You know, Daniel had come to find favor in the eyes of King Darius. And when King Darius was uh, structuring his kingdom, which must have been pretty massive, he uh, he placed um, 120 princes over that whole kingdom. And then over them there were three presidents. And Daniel was the chief of the presidents. Now all the other presidents and the, all the other princes didn't like this much. Daniel, in their view, was an outsider. And they talked amongst themselves of how they might be able to bring about his downfall. Sounds very similar as I read this to the words that the Pharisees and those plotted against Jesus himself. And they uh, tricked the king, Darius, into signing a uh, proclamation, a decree, that uh, whosoever should ask a petition of any god or man, uh, other than the king for over these this period of 30 days, if anybody did that, then they would be cast into the lion's den. And they knew Daniel. They knew he was a faithful man. They knew every day that he prayed three times a day to his heavenly Father. And so Daniel, he knew of the proclamation. He didn't care. He did that anyway because that was the right thing to do. He knelt down and his windows were even open in his house and he knelt down three times a day and he sang and he praised the Heavenly Father for His goodness to him. Daniel was a man of faith and was a righteous man. And because of this righteousness, he found favor in the eyes of King Darius and yet the king, I guess he wasn't thinking about this, signed that proclamation. He couldn't withdraw. And when these other uh, other rulers brought Daniel and says, He defied your orders, king. You're going to have to throw him into the lion's den. The king was bound by the words that he had sealed. And so he put Daniel in the lion's den. And they put a great stone in front of the den and the king sealed that stone closed. And all that night the king worried about Daniel and he fasted all night long. He wouldn't allow anybody to come in and play music to cheer him up all night long and sleep left him and he was awake the entire night. And he went early in the morning to the lion's den and he called to Daniel to see if he was still alive. And he was. You all know the story. Sister Eleanor taught it to you in junior church or in class. My God hath sent His angel and hath shut the lion's mouth, that they have not heard me hurt me. That was the reply of Daniel to King Darius For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Daniel was an innocent man, and when faced with this great trial and with the beasts that should have torn him asunder, they touched him not. And the king marveled at this. And the king took courage. And then he took those uh, rulers that had talked him into putting Daniel in the lion's den, and he put them in the lion's den instead and their families. And then King Darius says this. He says, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom... Men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For He is the living God, and steadfast forever in His kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and His dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivered and rescueth, and He worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions, So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You see, Daniel's faithfulness and the testimony that he bore so touched the life of King Darius that King Darius then made a proclamation that all the land, and it was significant, should worship the God of Daniel. That impact of the sacrifice, we talked about sacrifices in our class this morning, that Daniel made, opened the door to an entire nation worshiping the God of Daniel, the true and the living God. I'm reminded of, uh, in the Book of Mormon, we've been studying... Um, Isaiah as it's recorded in the Book of Mormon and how it is that uh, when the Lord's kingdom is here on this earth that uh, the lion shall lie down with the lamb. I'm going to read it to you so I don't uh, miss a single part of it. It's in the ninth chapter. And the wolf shall also dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion, young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, and their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the wean child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all My holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I don't know about you brothers and sisters, but I can only picture in my mind's eye what that must be like. But that's what the miracle was that the Lord did for Daniel when he was cast into that lion's den And He sent an angel to be there. The angel wasn't there to block the lions from Daniel. The angel was there to participate in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that touched those beasts and made them like it was described here in Isaiah. That they'd have no desire to eat flesh, but that they would eat straw. There's nothing save it be the power of his spirit that can bring about such a mighty change, whether it's upon a man or upon a beast, all of his creation. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Saints, I look forward to the day when that kingdom comes and we can experience this very thing, when all anger has ceased. And all strife is over. And we can dwell in God's creation with those that we were frightened by, the lions and those beasts of prey. And we're no longer frightened by those things. But we rejoice because they're with us in that great kingdom. In Daniel, if you turn over to the uh, the 10th chapter, Daniel is uh, crying out in prayer to his Creator, and he had been fasting for three weeks and uh, was praying about some very important things that weighed heavy on his heart. And he was uh, paid visit by an angel. And this is in the 10th chapter of Daniel, beginning at verse 11. And he said unto me, O Daniel, mighty, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken of this word unto me, I stood trembling. And he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. It's interesting that we're given a little bit of insight into the spiritual world here where this angel who was dispatched on the day that Daniel began his fast and his prayer and he was held up for 21 days because of the adversary and he had to call upon other heavenly hosts, in this case Michael, the archangel, to come and to help that he might go and visit Daniel and stand before him And the message that this angel brought to Daniel, (coughs) he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. Be strong. Yea, be strong. This was the counsel and advice that this angel gave to Daniel. To be strong. Saints, you and I, we are called to be strong. Be strong in what? What is it that the Lord requires of us? Experiment upon these things that are spiritual. In Alma, and I won't read all of these, but in Alma, the third chapter, Verse 79 to 83, Alma fasted and prayed many days that he might have an answer to his prayer. So fasting and prayer. Alma chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, they rejoiced because as they were reunited as brethren, they realized that they were men of sound understanding. Why were they men of sound understanding? Because they had studied their scriptures, fasting, prayer, and study. And then in Helaman chapter two verse thirty-one, they waxed strong in humility, fasting, prayer, study, humility. Be strong, if nothing else, saints be strong in those four things. And when you're strong in those four things, your faith is increased. Your repentance uh, comes more easily. It's easier to set aside the things of the world when you're drawn out in prayer and fasting and in study with a desire to be humble. When we are in such a condition of this, saints, this brings about the strength that Daniel was counseled to be. Be strong. And I know that there are distractions in this world. I know that there are hardships. I know that there are trials that seem so strong you can't even bear them, or so you think. But saints, the Lord calls you to be strong, to be His people. And I encourage you to experiment on these things. It's not a coincidence that Brother Steve mentioned in class today the importance of prayer, fasting, and study. I wanted to get up and give him a hug right there and then. Because that's the message that was placed on my heart. We need to be these people. And if we can do these things, saints, then the promises are sure. And the Lord will not be able to withhold His kingdom from being here on this earth. This city of Zion that we long so much for. This city where we can walk in the streets with the lion and with the lamb. I look for that glorious day. I have been reading out of uh, the book of Mark. It's interesting, Brother Steve mentioned the book of Mark in class this morning too. I've been reading out of Mark in my devotions for the last few weeks. And I came across a... uh, a miracle that Jesus performed. And it's in the eighth chapter of the book of Mark. And I want to just read this to you, beginning at verse 24. It says, And he took the blind man by the hand, and he led him out of town. And when he had spit upon his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. And after that he put his hand again upon his eyes and made him look, and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house saying, Neither go into town nor tell what is done to any in the town. Now, I don't know what caught my attention about that particular miracle that Jesus performed there that day, but it did. It caught my attention because there were some things that I didn't frankly understand. Why would Jesus have to anoint a man twice for him to be healed? This is Jesus Christ. We look at the miracles that He would performed before and all He had to do was even speak the Word and the healing took place. Why did He have to do it twice with this man? Was Jesus' faith weak? No, heaven forbid. Was the man's faith weak? I don't know the answer to that question. Or is there a deeper meaning to this Scripture? In this occasion, I dug into this trying to understand. The man lived in a town called Bethsaida. didn't know if there was any meaning to that. You know, I'm familiar with uh, Bethel, Bethlehem. That word Beth means house in Hebrew. Bethel is a house of God. Bethlehem is the house of bread, which is interesting that Jesus was born in the house of bread and He came and offered His life as a sacrifice, our daily bread. This town, Bethsaida, is the house of fishermen. That's the place where Simon Peter and Andrew were called, where Jesus called to them. They were fishermen. He called to them and said, Come and I'll make you fishers of men. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Sounds like an interesting place. It was a a town of really no account. Small fishing village. Yet Jesus was there to bring ministry. Remember in that Scripture that I read as an opening, He thanked His Heavenly Father not for uh, for sending um, the message of the fullness of the Gospel to the kings, but rather to those that were humble. And I think that's why he liked to find himself in these small towns, these humble places, working amongst those that were sinners. And he pulled this blind man who I think had been blind since birth, and he brought him by the hand outside of town. And I think that's significant as well. So much of what we do in the ministry, and you elders know, are associated with the hands, whether that is placing our hands upon a baby to bless them, or upon a candidate to bring them into the waters for baptism, or to confirm them, members of the church, and give them the gift of the Holy Ghost, all done by the laying on of hands or the touch of the hands. And so there's something that's significant about that, And then Jesus spat on this man's eyes. And there's other occasions where Jesus has performed a miracle where He's done something similar where He spat on the ground and He made a clay from that and anointed a man's eyes. Different miracle. But that man received His sight when He washed the clay from His eyes. Is there something fundamental in Jesus' spit that is needed? Is it an element that He has that we don't have? that he needed for that uh, that healing i don't know the answer to these questions but all these things were going through my mind and then it dawned upon me you know the conclusion of this um, This experience, this healing, was that this man was restored, is what the Scripture says. Isn't that what happens to you and I when we accept our Lord and Savior? He restores us when we go down into the waters of baptism, and all of our sins are washed away, and the Spirit comes and is given to us as a gift, and those that are lost are found. We are restored to Him. We who are carnal and sensual and devilish by nature and have been separated from our Heavenly Father and our Creator because of the sin in our life, now through the person of Jesus Christ have an opportunity to be restored again to be His. And I look at this miracle a little bit differently now. And I see the water that comes from Christ, that He anointed that man's eyes with, and I see His hands being anointed on that man's head in similitude of that baptismal covenant entering into the waters of baptism and coming up and having hands placed upon us for the reception of the Holy Ghost. Jesus could have healed this man with one try. There's no doubt in my mind. And yet He made it an example for the covenant that we are to have with Him that we might be restored. I pray that I haven't taken too much liberty with that particular Scripture. But I am amazed as I have learned over the years and I pray about Scriptures that I don't understand Now the Lord will place in my thoughts uh, uh, an idea that needs to be proven out. And this idea was that there is a type and a shadow here with this miracle that Christ performed in the life of this man. I see my time has quickly come to an end. I want to close by reading to you out of section 49 of the Doctrine and Covenants which is our theme Scripture for today. And it says, But before the great day of the Lord shall come, Jacob shall flourish in the wilderness, and the Lamanites shall blossom as the rose, and Zion shall flourish upon the hills and rejoice upon the mountains and shall be assembled together unto the place which I have appointed. Behold, I say unto you, Go forth as I have commanded you. Repent of all your sins. Ask, and ye shall receive. I know there's questions out there, saints. Ask, and you shall receive. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Try the Lord in these things. Exercise your faith in Him. Behold, I will go before you and be your rearward, and I will be in your midst, and you shall not be confounded. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, and I come quickly, even so. Amen. And this is my testimony to you, saints. Indeed, Jesus will come quickly. Will He find a people that are ready be strong be faithful seek the Lord always remember the words of the hymn never alone I don't think it's in the gray hymnal somebody can correct me later on that if I'm wrong how many times discouraged we sink beside the way about us all is darkness, we hardly dare to pray. Then through the mists and shadows, the sweetest voice e'er known says, Child, am I not with thee? Never to leave thee alone. O soul, hast thou forgotten the tender words and sweet of him who left behind him the print of bleeding feet I never will forsake thee O child so weary grown remember I have promised never to leave thee alone take courage way-worn pilgrim through mists and shadows hide the face of him thou lovest he is ever at thy side Reach out thy hand and find him, and lo, the clouds have flown. He smiles on thee who promised never to leave thee alone.
0: Brothers and sisters, We have worshiped in spirit and truth this day. We have received counsel. We have received that spiritual food, even that fruit, and it has been delicious. And brother Joe and Brenda On behalf of the Buckner Restoration Branch, we would just like to simply say thank you. For I know behind every every pastor is a good wife. And thank you, Joe, for your ministry and leadership. And uh, as you exit, there will be a basket of cards for you that the saints, your brothers and sisters, have written. There's also a tree placed outside there for you to take home that fruit tree, that it might bear fruit and you might enjoy that fruit as we have enjoyed the fruit that you have produced for this branch. Brothers and sisters, we will conclude this service by singing hymn 214, 214.
3: Father our God, in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we uh, draw close to this time of worship together, a time where we might praise your name, we might recognize and give thanks for the gift that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ, that we thank you, Lord, for sustaining us, and not only sustaining us, but allowing us to live more abundantly in the trials of life. Lord, help us to be strong and courageous in our faith. Pray, O God, that we might not be afraid or be dismayed by the troubles around us, that we might keep an eye single to your glory, we might focus on your Son. And as uh, we draw a close of uh, one time of service to our brother Joe and transfer to our brother Tony, I pray that you would continue to bless your people and give thanks for uh, our brother Joe and the service he has provided in his family. And count it all joy that we might be yoked up together for the cause of your kingdom. That we might move forward for the building of your kingdom on earth, even Zion. That we might know with a surety that your love abounds through the trials of life. And as we leave uh, this place, your house today, and we go out into our mission field, we know that even in our lives that we spring these leaks and we have a course correction and yet you direct us to those places you need us to be. Help us to be ready in an instant. Help us to stand and speak in meekness and fear for the hope that lies within us, even that hope of Jesus Christ. We thank you for giving us this light of truth. Help us to carry it into this world. And so it is, I pray a benediction upon this service. Help us to be about your business in these latter days. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.